This is the Holistic Heart Podcast, the place for all things therapy and mental health. We know navigating the human experience can be as challenging as it is beautiful. So we wanted to create a space where we can dive deep into self-exploration, normalize the struggle, and hold space for hard topics and conversations. We are so excited to have you join us on this journey. Hello, it is Sammy and Kristen, and this is the Holistic Heart Podcast. So fun. So fun. We're excited to be here talking about something that I love talking about. Always. I feel like I talk about this all the time. (laughs) Both professionally and personally. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Can you guess what this might be? I feel like, I feel like people might be able to guess. I think so. We'll just, like, not say the word this whole time and see if anybody can figure it out. It's like that game uh, where you have to, like, guess the word without, without yes. people saying what it is. Just context clues. <laughs> just kidding. We'll make it easier for you guys. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. And we're going to talk about how being clear is important to boundaries, so probably we should have started that way. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about boundaries today. I think um, it's a really relevant topic. I'm going to say always. And then I think especially for this time of year because we're around people more. Sometimes we're mm-hmm. around our families more. And um, so this can come up certainly uh even more often at this time of year. And the place that I really wanted to start with this is just talking about what boundaries are. Um, Not necessarily like, oh, boundaries are this, um, but something that I find, because I think most people are familiar with like what, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about boundaries, but I do find that often people confuse boundaries with expectations. So this is the place where I think it can get a little blurry. Like I think we, you know, sort of hear um, boundaries as a, and boundary setting as sort of like a buzzword for um, self-protection and, you know, uh, taking care of yourself and honoring yourself and all of that is very true. Um, Where that little nuance between boundaries and expectations, I feel like boundaries are things that we decide about ourselves mm-hmm. and expectations are things that we ask of others. And so really often I'll be talking to someone either in my life or to a client and they'll say, oh, I set this boundary and I, by, you know, letting this person know I need them to be a better communicator or I need them to uh, not raise their voice when they're, ye- when they're, when we're having a conversation with not raise their voice when they're yelling, uh, <laughs> not raise their voice when we're having a conversation about something important or emotionally charged or something like that, right? And those are actually not boundaries, although they're advocacy, although you're describing your needs and that's perfectly, you know, um, fine to do. It's not boundary setting because you're actually just asking someone else to shift or change their behavior. And so we don't actually ultimately have control over whether people change or shift their behavior. We only have choice about ourselves and how we will act in response. So to sort of reframe that expectation of, I need you to not raise your voice when we're having discussions, 
it might a boundary version of that might be I don't I don't feel able to engage with you when you are raising your voice. So if you do, I'm going to just walk away until we're both in a clearer space to be able to have that conversation, right? So that's not what I need you to do. That's what I'm going to do and how I'm going to take care of me in the situation based on what you do. So Mm -hmm. that is like the sort of nuanced difference of boundaries versus expectations. And it makes me think of when we're setting boundaries, ultimately this boundary is between you and yourself. Yeah. Because just as you were saying, as much as, I mean, I would love to just say this is how my expectation is and how like have anyone kind of respond accordingly for the rest of time. That's just unrealistic, <laughs> right? And so recognizing that where the, it's empowering to know, you know what, regardless of someone else's actions, I can make this decision for myself and know that it's, it's the, ultimately speaking, this is going to make this a little bit confusing, but it's the expectation that you're setting for yourself yeah. for how you're going to show up for you. Mm-hmm. And that, um, like you were saying, you can communicate those things, but knowing that ultimately speaking, that boundary that you're holding is within yourself and knowing and continuing to ask yourself. And that is really hard to do when someone is um, overtly or covertly challenging a boundary in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is so important. And Sammy, you bring up such an important um, point there with like the empowerment piece. And that's why it's so important to understand this nuance when we're talking about boundaries and talking about um, honoring ourselves and our needs in this way through boundary setting is that ultimately when we are um, intentional with our boundaries and they are truly boundaries and not expectations, mm-hmm. then we are in, we have agency. We have uh, an internal locus of control, right? The, the empowerment lies within us and there's not really anyone outside of us ability to take away what we've decided, that boundary that we've set because it's our own actions that we've decided on and that is something that we have full control over. Um, And so I think that empowerment piece is such an important component to pull out. Oh, definitely. Well, and to to also identify that it can feel really disempowering Mm -hmm. when you have set an explicit boundary with someone Mm -hmm. and you feel like there's understanding and clarity there and then you know, the next day or a year later or something, they turn around and maybe they challenge that or they cross the boundary. And it can feel like that what, right? You That defeated feeling. But to recognize that, to me, I, I always try my best to utilize those ex- examples or those experiences as ways to really solidify the understanding of why the boundary was important for me in the first place. Mm-hmm. And like, here's an opportunity to really solidify and create clarity and ask, okay, how was I maybe not clear about this before? Mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. you know, approach this and address this concern or, you know, whatever the case may be. But there's the empowerment piece of I get to choose to do that. Mm-hmm. You have the power to do that. And while we can't control other people's behaviors, we get to be able to um, choose how we engage with others mm-hmm. and, and how we engage with the boundaries that we set. Yeah. And I always I share this often with my clients um, and I'll share it here. I think one of the hardest learnings that I have ever come to in my own healing journey is that I can't choose for other people, that I can't choose for the people that I love and that I can only choose whether to engage or not engage. And that is a really hard, so even though it's empowering because I have that choice, it feels disempowering in the short term because it's like I don't actually get 
to choose for you. And so I might not be able to engage with you either at all or in the way that I'd really like to because you aren't choosing differently. You aren't choosing something that is aligned with me or is aligned with my well-being. Um, And so my only choice becomes this. Either I engage with it or I do not. And I think that was one of possibly the hardest learning because it's, Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, so I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm allowing this to continue by choosing to continue to engage with it. And this is where my power actually lies. And that can be a really tough sort of truth to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it makes me think of too, how the, the, the circumstances when you're choosing to engage or not engage and, you know, what we're saying is empowering. I think reflectively speaking with hindsight, it can feel empowering, but in the moment, it's like, God, why do I have to do this yeah, again? Or right. it yeah. can lead to like uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and conversations where you may feel like you're in the wrong or like there's something that, oh, it, you know, this boundary that's supposed to be doing something good for me is supposed to make me feel good right away. And I think it's an important thing to underline that that isn't always something that happens right away and that that doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. Yes, absolutely. That's such an important point because... Often boundary setting doesn't feel great mm-hmm. uh, initially, unless I think that is a really uh, nice segue into the next thing that we were going to talk yeah. about, which is why do so many people struggle with boundary setting? I certainly have struggled with it significantly in my life. I think Sammy oh, probably. Yes. <laughs> I'm just imagining, <laughs> and you know, so many people that um, I get you know, the privilege to talk to our struggle with boundary setting. Um, And I think, you know, Sammy and I, when we were talking about it, we identified two main contributing factors that we think um, are obstacles to boundary setting. And the first is people pleasing. So I think, you know, when I think of people pleasing, um, you know, this tendency to want other people to feel good in your presence, to feel good about you to have like positive warm feelings about um, who you are and their interactions with you and I, uh, I I find that to be a really sort of implicit motivating factor for not setting boundaries or for letting boundaries slide um, or for why it feels so hard to clearly communicate your boundaries when you have identified that they need to be communicated and so when I think about people pleasing um and its contribution here in this, you know, dynamic, I actually think also about the component of regulating others' emotions and the desire for other people to feel good, like I just mentioned, but also because as an extension of that, you feel good by extension. So that if you feel like you've made someone else feel good, that feels better to you, at least in the short term, or the discomfort of feeling like you someone was upset or disappointed with your boundary, that that discomfort is too intolerable. And so we avoid that discomfort by not setting the boundary or, um, you know, sort of softening our boundaries at the edges and like being a little bit unclear. And I think that that's a sometimes overlooked factor of like not only... Um, do I not want to make you upset or disappointed perhaps, but also that I feel that discomfort in myself and my right. system and my body when you're, um, you know, either un- I feel like you're unhappy with me or this thing that I stated, you know, has caused a rift or there's a little bubble here or there's a rupture. And now I have to sit in this, you know, sort of discomfort of that um, and, and sort of prolonging 
the discomfort and and taking it on as just your own. So no longer between the two of you, but Mm -hmm. more so like, okay, I'll deal with this discomfort, my own discomfort on my own after, and that feels somehow more manageable in the short term than the discomfort between you and that other person. Right, so like compromising the boundary is the quote-unquote better option in that scenario. Right. Right. Well, and I think something, one of the other things that we were talking about that happens, it's almost like the next step of that, or Mm -hmm. I think is absolutely deeply entwined, would be feeling guilty. Mm. And that whole pattern of guilt that can come up. Um, And I think a lot of times when we set, perhaps this is just my experience, but (laughs) I don't think it is, um, that when you set a boundary, people are either... um, like consciously, you know, saying things to make you feel guilty or making it clear that they don't approve of the boundary or they don't like it. It doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to know that like, just because another person does not agree with your boundary does not mean that you're doing something wrong or something against another person. You're setting this boundary to take care of and, um, live in an aligned way for you Mm -hmm. to practice really self care Mm -hmm. and, I think sometimes it can actually be when you're recognizing when that happens, allowing yourself to understand if, if you're you know, experiencing this guilt when you've perhaps you've recently set a boundary and you're feeling that guilt. Um, I think like we were saying this time of year that can pop up here and there, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit more often, but of course this isn't just for this time of year. Um, and it can be an example of perhaps why you're actually setting the boundary in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think the people-pleasing can so intricately be entwined because it can be like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to set this boundary, and then someone says something, oh, now I start feeling uncomfortable. Do I want to do this? I need to regulate this person to help me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then um, even maybe even in that example, if we hold the boundary, and then after we're thinking about it, oh, shoot, did I hurt so-and-so's feelings? Mm-hmm. Or, did, you know, did they say something about not approving of however you're acting or choosing to engage or not engage? And it's really allowing yourself to recognize and hold. I think it's like all of this is valid to be feeling all of these things. And the self-awareness piece of knowing when this is coming up is really important Mm -hmm. so that you can work on it because these are all facets of um, setting and holding boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think here it might be helpful to talk about like some specific examples. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking of in, in, family settings, you know, like where you are getting together, like we're talking about this close to um, the holidays. And so I think there's oftentimes in gatherings where we're gathering around food and things like that. And so one example that I'm thinking of is if you happen to have a family member that um, is like really uh, talks a lot about nutrition or health or, or food in any specific way or weight in any specific way. And that's something that you struggle with or you just don't align with and, and is a challenge. I think that that comes up for a lot of people. Certainly it has come up for me. Um, something that I think is helpful and a clear boundary to set in those instances is just responding with something like, oh, I don't talk about food in that way, right? And so it's not like shaming the other person. It's not trying to get them to understand anything in particular. It's not trying to make them wrong because maybe they just are really have a lot of information or they just uh, a lot of knowledge or, or something, um, but just taking care of yourself. So it's not really about 
um, changing the other person's behavior in any way or asking them to do anything differently. It's just letting them know what you will and won't do. So it's just a clear statement. This is where I stand on this. And it's just like a, a notification to that person and um, lets them clearly understand what you where you stand and what feels comfortable for you, which I think can be really helpful. Yeah, um, and definitely. I find most people who really love and care about you are receptive to that kind of feedback of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, uh, I didn't, maybe I didn't realize that. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Well, and it's making me think too of um, truly boundaries are like, I guess in another way to just explain what a boundary is, is like choosing what you are engaging and not engaging in. And we're talking a lot about talking and verbal communication right now, but I think it's really important to note that that's not the only way to set a boundary or to uphold a boundary for yourself. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of a lot of times, maybe, you know, you're at a family gathering or a work event or something and perhaps you overhear someone talking about someone not present Mm -hmm. or, you know, talking about something that you just don't feel aligned with. Mm -hmm. Recognizing that a boundary doesn't always have to be set verbally. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you have to say. Giving yourself permission to say, I can physically remove myself from the situation. Walking to the other side of the room, out, you know, removing yourself from whatever it is that's coming up and recognizing that this is another theme. You don't have to justify why you're doing that. Yeah. You don't have to describe to someone, oh, I'm leaving because this made me feel uncomfortable or something. Not that I'm saying that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Certainly, if that's how you choose to do that, but also knowing that that's not the only way Mm -hmm. is to, you know, verbally be expressing boundaries Mm -hmm. and that boundaries exist energetically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. and physically too. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but there's a very specific sensation that like twisting feeling in your gut kind of when you know that a boundary (laughs) is being, um, being... It's crossed or challenged. Or you're like in energy that doesn't feel like yeah. aligned with you and what you value. I, I think. always call it icky sticky energy. It's <laughs> perfect. I don't know why, but, but it's just that like, oh, and it can be so hard. And sometimes I recently had something um, happen to me closely where I had set a boundary and it, I, I really thought it was clear and it was um, months later challenged again. Mm-hmm. And I was initially like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I thought this was done. Mm-hmm. Like totally caught me off guard. And I had that initial um, kind of drive from mm-hmm. that gut kind of feeling <laughs> to go and do and say something. Exactly. Yeah. And and sometimes the permission to say, you know what? Setting the boundary is I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have to say something about this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to justify why, you know, I've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I can uphold that for myself mm-hmm. and know that, of course, you know, you have the permission to, to, to speak freely on that and also that you don't have to, mm-hmm. that you can physically remove yourself um, and, and create that physical boundary mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And I think the theme that is in all of these examples is what am I doing to take care of myself in these situations? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is like something that we were talking about, um, you know, before we came on to record was like boundaries as self-care, which I think oh, is a yeah. really important way to understand boundaries that that is what they are. It's a way to protect and honor your own integrity, your own values, the things that are important and aligned for you and your own needs in any given moment as well. Absolutely. Well, and it makes me think of so often when I'm talking to people about boundaries, they're wanting to have healthier dynamics with these people with, you know, close interpersonal relationships. You have to have boundaries in order to have those healthy dynamics. And sometimes that requires 
a little bit of that discomfort and an uncomfortable conversation or removing yourself from something like that. And, and knowing that, you know, you can, you can take yourself out of that and then maybe at a later time explain, I needed to do this because this made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that the, that can show up in so many ways. And I just, we both kind of thought this was a particularly important topic to talk about right now mm-hmm. because it can present so, so often when you're around um, more people, of course, but also oftentimes we're around more like family members, friends that maybe you have a a history of different, different kinds of dynamics with these people, right? And in their formative relationships. Mm -hmm. And I, I I know for myself that can be extremely triggering. Mm -hmm. It's really challenging. Oh, absolutely. And from like a subconscious standpoint, there's habitual roles, right? And so like I always say whenever I'm like around my mom, I'm like perpetually like an angsty teenager. Oh my gosh. My poor mom. (laughs) Like it's like, you know, I'm a I'm a a totally like full grown adult, but there's just like this um, you know, habitual role of like I am the child in this dynamic. And so I've you know, have to watch myself really intentionally for there are just patterns of behavior that are so easy to fall in. And I think Mm -hmm. that often happens I don't know if you all have this experience but like when I go home it's like I'm like who is this oh, <laughs> like yeah. I, I remember her but I, she's not currently like the current version of me um, and so it's really interesting to see how we can sort of fall back into old patterns when we are um, in relationship with people who we have had that pattern of dynamic with and yes. so I think that definitely comes up around the holidays too. oh definitely and when we talk about like why we're setting boundaries and how we're setting boundaries, we're really looking at like clarifying our own values. And I think a lot of times those are those formative years, those Mm -hmm. formative relationships are creating a foundation for why we feel the way we feel about things Mm -hmm. and where those values are coming from and originating. Mm -hmm. And so putting yourself back in that environment, I absolutely resonate with that. I just had that experience (laughs) when I was home. And I was like, oh, hello, 15-year-old Sammy. Where did you come from all of a sudden? And also, like, I kind of like 16-year-old Kristen because she's, like, moody and, like, creative. And I'm into her. But, like, there's also some challenges for sure. Well, and to me, it... um, it always brings up, especially when I'm going to be around family and, you know, like big family gatherings and everything, um, I oftentimes will start to experience a little bit of anxiety knowing, you know, that feeling when you just know, okay, I'm going to have to be mm-hmm. upholding boundaries mm-hmm. right now. I know that's something that I'm going to have to be aware of. And so I think it's really important both in understanding how we set boundaries, but also checking in with yourself around what boundaries have I set? Why have I set them? And I think that is important when it comes up to maybe people or groups of people that you don't spend a lot of time around and understanding why. So like in that experience I was just explaining of, oh, hello, 15-year-old Sammy. It was that reminder of, oh, right, that's why I started to set these boundaries mm-hmm. when I did. Okay, I need to check in with those. Yeah. Sometimes for me, it's like affirmations of reminding, okay, you you have the power to do this. You can empower yourself through this. You, you can choose to not engage. Or, or the other end of that is like you can choose to engage and choose to to stop not engaging in things that maybe you've um, chosen to not engage in in the past. Yeah, completely. And I think you brought up a really important point um, a little while ago about the the that we set boundaries because relationships are important to us. So oftentimes, and I think Brene Brown talks a lot about this. I can't remember what book, um, but. Maybe daring greatly. I'm not 100% sure which book it is, but she talks a lot about like boundaries as 
as a way to take care of both people in the relationship and make sure that you are also considered so that you can actually continue a relationship because if we aren't considered in our relationships if our needs are being consistently um, not met or if our boundaries are being consistently crossed or we're being injured in some kind of way that the other person may not even be aware of because we haven't expressed um, you know sort of directly then that is it creates resentment it creates distance and it increases the likelihood that we might abandon that relationship at some point because it's just very difficult to navigate and so when we are setting boundaries we're actually letting people know hey this relationship really matters to me and I want to figure out a way to be able to sustain it. I want to be able to make sure that we're both heard and seen and considered in this relationship. So I think some of the hesitancy to set boundaries is around like, I don't want to alienate people. I don't want to push people away. And I think it's really powerful. Um, and Brene Brown is the one who talked about this, uh, where I heard it from of like, that's like inviting someone closer actually, because you're creating a dynamic where you actually can have genuine intimacy with the person, emotional int- intimacy and connection that feels like it is really honoring of all the parties involved. So I think that's important. I mean, that's so beautiful yeah. when you look at it from that perspective and the reframe to me, I'm hearing the reframe of the people-pleasing, of the guilt, mm-hmm. of the feeling the need to justify. We can have reasons for mm-hmm. things, but when we're understanding really um, the depth of where that's coming from and the purpose of why you're doing that. And mm-hmm. I think it is when we're clarifying our values and understanding why we are doing the way the things that we're doing in life in general, but especially mm-hmm. when it comes to boundaries, mm-hmm. it's so it, it's such an important practice. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that leads me to think of, too, like, how we're setting a boundary is understanding the way that we're wording things Mm. or the way that we're choosing to express and hold those. Yeah. So that's like the final conversation, right? It's like, so now we've talked all about this and boundaries and how, why it can be hard and what can come up. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like it's like, okay, so if I'm on board, I know I need to set boundaries. Like how do we set boundaries? Mm -hmm. Um, What does that look like? What does that look like? (laughs) (laughs) And I think it starts with some of what you were just saying, Sammy, of... um like values clarification, right? Like what are, you know, you're talking about 15 year old Sammy and like reminder of like, Oh, this is why these things are important to me in the first place. Now I, rem- mm-hmm. now I remember. Right. Yes. Um, and, and so I think that is a really great starting point for boundaries is like, what mm-hmm. is important to me? Um, what, and I think also an inventory of what might feel injurious, like, Oh, it yeah. really bothers me. Um, or it feels hurtful when, you know, um, I engage with this person and I feel criticized or I feel judged for this or um, they're talking about this and it doesn't make me feel seen or, or comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and so really uh, doing a little bit of an inventory of what are the important relationships and are there any injury points right. that you're feeling like this is a little bit of an overstep that lets you know that there's something that you might or you might feel... Um, I think it's really common I hear about feeling either like sort of taken advantage of or not uh, appreciated fully for what you're bringing to a relationship or not feeling fully reciprocated in a relationship if you feel like you're giving a lot or showing up a lot for somebody else. So I think those are all areas where we can start to look at like, oh, is this a boundary I need to like set within me of? Am I, you know, over giving in some way or is there something I need to more clearly communicate here? Yeah. Well, and always um, seeking to understand your role in something and how that presents because, and I'm sure everybody on the face of the planet has fallen into this where it can feel like that 
oh, but if, if this person just did this differently. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Right? Like, hello. But... Like we were saying earlier, we can't control that. So understanding, all right, well, what is my role in this? Mm-hmm. And how can I um, deepen my understanding there to expand upon how can I show up differently? If this isn't working, if this mm-hmm. is in fact not working and you're identifying maybe what where your role is contributing to the challenge that you're experiencing mm-hmm. or the discomfort that you're experiencing what can you do to change that? Right. And like, for example, you know, I had said, um, if you're feeling like a relationship is not reciprocated or you're overgiving, I think it's really important what Sammy you're sharing around, uh, what is my role in this? So it's like, am I giving without being asked and expecting the other person to do the same? And I'm not asking. Right. And like, so what is my role and how can I be clearer here? So that's just like one example of, um, and, and I think then there it becomes about direct and clear and honest communication. Yes. Well, and that it's like that self inquiry of understanding, to be honest, I think sometimes boundaries can be evolutionary Mm -hmm. when you start to understand, okay, I'm identifying, I know when this happens, I'm uncomfortable. And then maybe we start to identify a theme or a pattern that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Then you, that self-inquiry of what, what is my role? How am I contributing to this? The next step of how do I want to now communicate this? Mm -hmm. Like we were saying, Mm -hmm. verbally, -verbally, Mm non-verbally, but how, what does that look like? And what does it look like in a clear and concise way? Because I think it's, it's really easy to be like, well, I know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I just said, yeah. everybody else is going to understand that now, right? Right. And it just doesn't always work out that way. It definitely doesn't. No, I think we're, you know, we're the ones seeing it from our perspective and everyone else is seeing it from their own perspective. And, and I love, uh, I know, you know, verbal language has its limits, but I love language because I feel like it's the bridge. It's the bridge between your perspective and the perspective of someone else that you care about. And we're all seeing the world through, you know, the lenses that we've uh, adopted, you know, over the course of our own life experiences. And now we have a different perspective from anyone else because we're the ones that lived our exact life experience. And so communication allows us to bridge our unique perspective with the unique perspective of someone that really matters to us. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, um, emotionally intelligent, aware communication can be so productive and connective. Mm -hmm. And also knowing, uh, I think, you you know, you mentioned concise, Sammy, and I think Mm -hmm. that that's important because it's also like without over explaining or, you know, over justifying or feeling like you need, um, I don't think we need a lot of language. And, you know, like uh, one of the things I had uh, written down before we started was, Brene Brown's clear is kind like so she says clear is kind and I think that that is so so valuable in like Mm -hmm. saying what you mean is the kindest thing that you can do and so Mm -hmm. you know I'm just going to keep going with my small example of like if you feel like you're overgiving in this relationship Mm -hmm. right we're not putting an expectation on the other person saying I need you to give more to me or I need you to consider me more that's not what we're looking for we're looking for a boundary something that empowers me in this scenario so I'm thinking what's my role in this like Sammy Mm -hmm. said well I'm giving quite a bit here is that am I giving more than I feel comfortable with is a is a question to ask myself right do I need to communicate with this person how I've been feeling that I feel like I'm giving quite a bit and that I don't 
feel um, that that's reciprocal and just ask them if that's their experience and try to bridge that or clearly communicate this would be the boundary what I need I I need you to engage more if we're going to continue this relationship well that's not you know for me to feel um, like I can give at the same level I'm going to need to feel met there, right? Like, and so that's something that might be a conversation between me and me, not necessarily the other person of like, mm-hmm. uh, but I might say to them very directly, I'm not feeling that this is a mutual, a fully mutual right. place. And, um, you know, like I want to have a conversation about that. So mm-hmm. I think that relevance of like clear is kind and also the tendency to soften our boundaries and like so or like set the boundary and like take it back a little bit Mm -hmm. I feel like that happens often oh yeah and that's kind of when I think of the evolutionary process of boundaries is we can set a boundary and like I was saying yeah definitely we think it was super clear okay great there's an understanding there and then we start to you know maybe the whole the um scenario plays out again and you're feeling how am I here and back in the same place again Mm -hmm. and this is where I think the role of of um self-inquiry and checking in with yourself around what role did I play in this and the wording that we use for certain Mm -hmm. things and the clarity or perhaps lack of clarity Mm -hmm. because you know open-ended words open-ended statements things like that where we know exactly what we're understanding and what we're meaning by that but perhaps there is that tendency to um soften Mm -hmm. and to you know use a more abstract statement or abstract boundary abstract boundaries Mm -hmm. Are, they don't not work. boundaries, yeah. They don't they're, work. Not they're, they're, they're too fuzzy. They're yes. too fuzzy. Yes. I had a really um, wonderful therapist who said to me once, Kristen, your boundaries are in like um, like that chalk kind of like smushy yes. boundary, like charcoal. That's what it is. Mm. Charcoal. She's like, you need to draw them in Sharpie, right? Like yes. it's like clear, oh, clear, solid line, yes. right? So people know um, because then we hold people to things that we then haven't been very clear about and mm-hmm. can feel hurt by that when actually we haven't necessarily maybe made it really clear and apparent what what that line was for us. And if you ever have an experience like that, where you're recognizing, oh, maybe I wasn't as clear, that doesn't mean that you held the boundary wrong right. or that the boundary is just like, well, I can't do anything about this now. It gives you the opportunity to revisit, to create clarity, and to also understand as you move forward, as this may apply in other situations, how can I stand even more solidly mm-hmm. and empowered in this boundary that I am holding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. I'm thinking of like, what does that look like for us to like do that like soften or that little like door back open kind of crack in the door when we set a boundary and then you know we sort of I think for me I think it's that guilt and people pleasing that comes in to do that that's like I'm going to tell you what I what I need um, and then I'm going to take it back a little bit. So like I'll go back to my example of saying like, oh, I don't talk about food that way. Then maybe I feel like, oh, did I just hurt this person's feelings? I know they didn't mean anything negative by it or whatever. Right. Or like, did I do they feel bad? Now I feel bad. And I might 
add to that, but I, you know, I understand and, you know, you're right about X, Y, Z, or now, now I'm engaging in this conversation that I just said, I don't feel comfortable engaging in and I'm compromising and I can feel that, like, you know, you said the icky sticky, Mm -hmm. that, that visceral response of like, Ooh, I just compromised my own integrity here. Like that's just like, "Eh." so sometimes we can. And so I just said one thing, but then I added something else that made it not entirely clear that I was actually not going to engage in that conversation, Mm -hmm. right? So if that person then said something back to me about food, it wouldn't be strange because I sort of opened that door right back up, even though I shut it effectively, I sort of went back and knocked it open just a little bit and invited that back in. Right, yeah. It's like, okay, I shut the door and here, it's just open. You can get your foot in there kind of thing. And whether someone's consciously or unconsciously doing that, Mm -hmm. it's it's likely to happen or it can very easily happen. And I think utilizing those opportunities to, I, I see and have certainly experienced myself, but I see a lot of people struggle with, well, I messed it up and now I can't go back. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just in a really self-compassionate, like practicing the self-compassion of, okay, here's this evolutionary process of my boundary. I can revisit this and understand, oh, there was my people pleasing or I felt mm-hmm. a little guilty there. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And here's how I can move forward with this. Mm-hmm. And you gave a really great example of that. And you can even do that um, from situation to situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, so for example, like uh, one of the things that I talk to people often about with clear and effective, productive communication is rather than doing that little, you know, like door open or softening, um, not just narrating your experience with something. So if you're worried that you hurt someone's feelings, instead of making a statement that sort of takes back whatever boundary you just set, um, saying, you know, and I feel worried that I'm hurting your feelings with that, but I really needed to communicate it because it's really important to me. Mm -hmm. And narrating your experience honestly, authentically, and letting them know how you're feeling as opposed to trying to mitigate that feeling or manage it sort of indirectly by now effectively sort of taking back what you just said. Yes, yeah. And that can be so frustrating. It's frustrating for yourself, And it can be that continuous process of communication, feeling like you just keep having to hold this boundary. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like when you start to understand that perhaps that's a pattern at play, Mm -hmm. that we're, I I like to call it holding a (laughs) boundary-ish. Or the Mm -hmm. the but that comes after it. And, and, And it's just recognizing when you hear yourself even saying that, I, I often use that maybe as an activator. If you start to hear yourself saying that, even in the moment, you can correct yourself. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, hear that, yeah. own that. And like what you just said, really advocate in a really authentic way mm-hmm. how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not the justification of, it's the communication of. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the, uh, the owning your own role coming back in, mm-hmm. like saying something like, I realized that last time I might have been unclear because I said this and then I said that and I can see how that's really confusing. So I just want to revisit and say with absolute clarity, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at with this. And I think that my motivation for saying otherwise was simply that I felt a sort of disconnect or I was worried that I hurt you or I was worried that our relationship would be damaged by this boundary that I'm setting and that made me sort of feel like I wanted to to take it back but I don't think I should I think Mm -hmm. this is really actually very important to me and I need to uphold that and I hope that that's something that we can manage or navigate together yes you are allowed to say that yes and I think it's like when you're openly authentic in 
in communicating that and understanding the accountability piece. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's really helpful when you're showing up to like, hey, I'm taking accountability for what I'm bringing to this interaction and this relationship also. Mm -hmm. It starts to, or it it has the ability to set the stage for where um, your interaction is going to be within Mm -hmm. that relationship. Mm -hmm. Like we said before, I almost said it sets the expectation, (laughs) but it's almost like you're setting the stage for this is how I am going to relate in this situation, in this relationship. Mm-hmm. You, we can't control how the other person's going to, but now you're, you know, you're really describing what that's going to look like from your perspective. And I think it's like looking at this from the perspective of not just telling the other person, but you're owning that mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. And there's the empowerment piece. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. What a good like conversation. Yes. <laughs> Boundaries <laughs> are something I feel like we could talk a lot about and for a long time. So if you have any questions, like from any of the things that we talked about today, leave us comments, um, you know, let us know, shoot us an email. We will happily revisit some of these or dive deeper into some of, we sort of did a broad overview today of the different things that can come up with boundaries. So hopefully you got something out of this. I think, uh, you know, I did. And hopefully this empowers you to move into any, you know, either whether it's family or friend or, or, um, you know, work, you know, gatherings that might be happening, um, even more so this time of year that you feel empowered in a way to really what we are aiming for with boundaries is being able to walk in the world in our own integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Being at peace and at ease with ourselves, knowing that we are in alignment with our own values, with our own authenticity, that we know um, we're not asking ourselves to put any part of ourselves away or, um, you know, engage in something that that we're not or we're not behind um, and that feels like an abandonment of self. I think that's the flip side of this, right? It's like self-betrayal, self-abandonment. When we, you know, sort of go along to get along, we are losing aspects of ourselves in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so being able to invite yourself fully into every experience that you have and be fully within yourself, uh, that's the goal of boundaries, I feel. Yes. And the more that you do that, it can can help to guide you to what boundaries you need to hold, where they are, how they can present. I think it's kind of like, it's a cyclical process. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the more and more you lean into that, the more and more you can become aware. It's the whole self-discovery journey. Right? And, and it yes. like feeds itself. It's yes. the, you know, the Ouroboros or the spiral, right? Yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, so we, we hope this empowers you to move into your uh, holiday season a little bit more uh, empowered and, and in, a, in alignment with yourself. And uh, if you're listening to this not at the holidays, then, I'm sure there are places you can apply it as well. So uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so, so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.